Well, it's good to see everybody that is here. Praise the Lord. This is a good day. I'd like to introduce my friend Bob here. Is that a, a good stand up? I like that. Stand up. Okay, this is, I met him this week and uh, we instantly connected and so I, I, it, he texted me this morning. He's, hey, where's, where's, where's this place you guys meet at and what time? So he's here. Like, that's awesome. Um, so, so what do you call a book club that's been stuck in the same book since it started? You know. It's called church. Hello. That's an easy one, right? We're stuck in the Bible. We haven't, since, since church started, we've been stuck in the Bible since it started, and we'll be stuck there until we're not here anymore. Amen? It's a good place to get stuck. So, and, and if you need a water, they're over there by the coffee if you need something to drink. And if you need to cool off, you know where to stand. It's okay. I won't embarrass you. Maybe just a little bit, but... I promise I will. I've been teaching on a couple of things. Uh, well, it's just a, a simple subject called the power of three, which I think is pretty awesome because and I'm going to just uh, speak on it for uh, another week. Next week, I'm going to attempt to. Here's the, the attempt, okay? So I'm forewarning you. Next week, I'm going to attempt to talk about the Trinity. Yeah. That's, thanks for the sighs and the oohs and the ahs because it's like... Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if I'm up for it because I'm not, but I'm, I'm, we're going to give it a shot to just talk about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Last week we talked about faith, hope, and love. This week it's about the power of three, and it's you, me, and Jesus. I like that, because that's like, I think, something that is very relatable, something tangible. So, you know, you, me, and Jesus in the room is the power of three, and it's the, it is the unstoppable force of power that the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. Hello? Come on, you guys with me? I don't want to have to turn around. There's nobody back there. But, but if you don't stay with me, I will. I'll turn around and I'll ignore you. It, it goes both ways. That wasn't very nice. I, I apologize. It, it, I'll get nice, I promise. In Matthew chapter 18, starting in verse 18, just a couple verses, 18 and 20, it says this, Jesus speaking, he says, Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you, if two, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. So what Jesus is not just implying, he's flat out stating that where two or three, and, and some translations say two or more, are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Now, I just want to cut, hit a couple of real quick things. Because there's, and maybe we, I don't think that we could fully understand or comprehend, so to speak, what Jesus in the room brings. When Jesus steps into a room, power steps into that room. I mean, all power, all might, all 
existence that that all that exists is in the room i mean the sustainer of everything that is is in the room so when jesus is in the room stuff happens it, it, god is there so and that's that's this very clear statement he's making here that when we gather in his name he is there i really don't feel like i fully comprehend that and i i believe it i believe it a hundred percent um it, it's why we gather together it's why we worship him it's why we come together and maybe there's some things that we might we might be missing um one it's just the sheer obvious thing of just actually showing up physically showing up hello i know there's this and it's not new but it's it's really prominent the message of me and jesus in the woods is cool you know basically all i need is me and jesus i don't need it I don't need organized religion. I don't need the insti institutionalized religion. I don't need the church because I just got me and Jesus and I'm good to go with that. And that's my religion is me and Jesus and the rest of you guys can just have your stuff. I'm going to stick with me and Jesus. Now, granted, there are really, really wonderful, beautiful times in life that we need to take and be alone. And we need to step away and go into the woods if you need to or the hills or floating down a river or on a boat or on a motorcycle where else can we go to be alone i i can't go i can't get alone in my truck i try I, all the time and somebody finds me so it's a-okay and it's good i oh you, visors there they still would come knocking on the door i know there's somebody in there it's a-okay to get alone. In fact, it's strongly encouraged. And Jesus even gave us an example of he made that attempt lots of times. He went to be alone and the crowds followed and found him. He made intentional attempts to get alone. So that is a good thing. But where the power steps into the room is when we gather together. We show up and we actually are worshiping him learning of him and we actually have something in common there's something that we're doing in his name there's unity there's unity in direction there's unity in conversation and those things are very real i i deliberately place a few people around me on a regular basis that we get together that we are unified in spirit we're unified in direction and we we get ideas flowing and thoughts and, and actions moving and we talk about things that are really important about this church, our community. And these people around me, these men around me, they, they have this, this freedom to speak truth into my life and I have the freedom to speak truth into their lives. In other words, what I mean to say by that, if I come up with a dumb idea, they have the freedom to tell me, that's a dumb idea. Let's not do that. And I say, okay, I respect you enough to say, thank you for telling me that was a dumb idea. In other words, I think that there's this real powerful thing that we need to really think about is 
do we put people and allow people around us that love us and tell us the truth? That, and that, that care about not just us, but us as, a, as an impactful um, being in our community. Uh, I know that was a lot of wording, but... Because the temptation is to do this, is to put people around you that are going to tell you what you want to hear. And the people that don't tell you what you want to hear, talk to the hand. Right? Hello? That's the temptation. And it's really easy to do. Because it's so easy to just tap out. I'm gone. Didn't like it. Don't like it. I'm out of here. That's the easy button, right? There used to be a thing. Staples, remember that? The easy button? But we can't do that in this thing called church and kingdom living. So this, this idea that he's presenting here, this concept, this truth of gathering together in my name has a, a mighty power. So much so, do you guys remember the statement that he said, he said right before this? If you gather together, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loose in heaven. That's some mighty power. I'm thinking that's some Marvel stuff. That's supernatural like superpower being stuff. Hello? I mean, that's the kind of stuff they should be making movies about. Christians doing mighty powerful things, binding stuff on earth, setting people free. They are. They're making good movies about it. It's good stuff. I'm not, I, I guess I, sometimes I, I dig on Marvel and I don't mean to, but it's just an easy target. Don't get me started on Disney. I'm not even going to go there. I'll get, I'll get frustrated and angry, and I don't want to get frustrated and angry this morning. <laughs> let, me, let me share some stuff with you. Because here's the thing is, the truth is we are profoundly, and I think complexly created as social beings. We're complexly created as story-driven beings. And we have been designed as Mike loves that scripture which I think it's awesome fearfully and wonderfully made by God he has placed eternity in each and every individual's hearts so let me break that down for you we look around as social beings we look forward and backwards as story driven beings and we look up as eternal beings. And all three are extremely important because they, they make us, it's what makes us up. Hello? I think there's a lot of places in scripture where you can find, and even in life, you know, when, when God gathered together at the beginning and said, let us make man in our image, that let us was the three beings Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that said, let us make man in our image as complex, almost three-person type beings. So, so there's a lot of different things that we could say, oh, it's, it's body, soul, and spirit. That's, that's good too. They all, they all work. But here's the thing is the, the cross of Christ, Jesus is what matters most. Jesus is what makes the difference because he said, in my name. Whose name is he referring to? 
His name. Jesus, right? That's, uh, I know it's a no-brainer, but it's His name. In Jesus' name. Jesus is what makes the difference in all of our coming and going, our looking around, our looking forward, back, and our looking up. It's all about Jesus. Hello? That's where the actual power comes from, is in Jesus' name. And I'll say it louder and louder and louder. That's where the actual, real power comes from. Jesus. Amen? Yes. All right, let's talk about this thing called gathering together. I think it's called the church for a reason. It's, it's pretty awesome that actually Jesus referred to the church before the church was even in existence. Did you know that? It's in Matthew chapter 16. I'll read it later. Promise. One of the most counter-cultural things you can do is become an engaged body member of a faithful local church. Do you see that today? Okay. Uh, one of the most counter-cultural things you can do is to become an engaged body member of a faithful and local church. Right? Individualism is at its highest height. I mean, I, I looked it up. Darn it, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, write it down, read it, or didn't copy or paste it, but I looked up individualism. I wikipedia it. Is that a word? wikipedia it I looked it up in Wikipedia. It described it to, for me. And I didn't like how I described it. I didn't like it. I don't want to be an individualist. Am I saying that right? Okay, if I'm not, you can correct me. Because it's all about making me the center of everything and me the most important thing of all relationships. It's all about me. And, and me is the most important thing. And anything that I engage myself in has got to be about me. If it's not, then I'm not a part of it. So individualism is at its highest heights in our world. So the most countercultural thing you could do is become a part of something that encourages body life community hello connection where I get close to you you get close to me we rub levels with each other we iron sharpens iron kind of stuff you know I get in your business you get in mine with boundaries what if you joined the rebellion Oh, that's pretty cool. That sounds exciting. I'm all in for that, right? The rebellion. The Star Wars rebellion. No, just. And pledge your loyalty and engagement to a Jesus-loving, Bible-believing, gospel-preaching, God-fearing, community-impacting local church. That's the rebellion. Oh, you're a part of the rebellion right now. Hello? Hello? Right? Hey, if I text you, you're a part of the rebellion. If you don't get a text, just give my numbers in the, in the bulletin. Send me your name and your full name, first and last. I'll put you in my contact. You'll be in my text list. 
it's just because I don't have your number if, I don't, if you don't get a text. Anybody here not get a text? Oh, boy. I, not, I'm going to embarrass myself. Like, oh. Okay. I consider you to be a part of the rebellion. Anybody in? You guys in with, for it? Okay. All right. Well, I mean, you can rebel against the rebellion and say, nah, I'm out. So let me give you five solids. Ready? Where's, where's Hunter? Is Hunter in the room? He's helping teaching. That's okay. Five solids of what the advantages of being a part of the rebellion are. And I think this is pretty cool because it's all about kingdom, but it's all about the church. Because this is a solid. You know, let me do you a solid. I'm going to share something really. I was trying to be hip and cool. and Okay, five reasons... Sorry, I forget how much of, anyway, never mind, I'm not, uh, let, me, let me do you five solids. <laughs> Thanks, brother. I'll help you move Saturday for that one. David and Jenny got a house, woo, woo, woo. Yeah. I'm so excited for them. Yeah, amen. Yeah, let the sirens roar. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And I say thank you guys for staying patient, persistent. Good job. Well done. Yeah. You wanted to quit a lot, huh? Throw in the towel many times, and God said, just trust me. Just trust me. Continue to trust me. It'll be better than what you could do on your own. Oh, man, I've heard that one so many times. And that's one of the hardest steps of faith to take is let God do it and step out of the way. Because when he does, it's way better than you doing it on your own. Can anybody say amen to that one? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So five solids. Let me get, let me get, these are really good, by the way. I, th I think so anyway. Um, being a part of, and really selling out to and becoming a committed, um, what's the word I, I need to use here? Uh, committed, connected part. A connected, committed part of the body of Christ. Maybe that's the right wording. A connected, committed part, body part of the body of Christ. Because that's what we are. We are all body members of the body of Christ. Jesus is the head. We are the parts of the body is this first one's good it's it's your own assurance and i like that because here's the th here's the real deal being accepted and being a part of the body of christ in a bible believing responsibly led church rightly gives you listen to this affirmation and reinforces confidence that your faith that you've chosen to follow and walk is real and that it's not your own private self-made religion but a part of the faith that has been once for all entrusted to the saints in other words we're not just making this up as we go along we're following after the footsteps of the many men and women whose lives were 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 given for the sake of the gospel 
and have trusted their lives to Christ and have built the church and built the establishment of the church. And I, it's, so there's an assurance that say, when I sell out and I buy into this thing called, and I just didn't say it, organized religion, it's the church, it's us, it's the body of Christ, it's community, it's this connectiveness of community in Christ. When I sell out to that, it gives me an assurance that, that I am in. Now, it's in Jesus, in the church, okay? So it's not in the words, it's going to church, as Glenn used to always say, I loved this phrase, going to church doesn't make you a Christian just as much as going to McDonald's doesn't make you a hamburger, right? We, we need to say yes to Jesus and sell out to what Jesus ordained as his body, the church. Boy, I just got riled up there for a second. Amen? I didn't hear what you said, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we are, when we do this, there's an assurance in it, and that's a good thing. Um, and sometimes that's the step that's needed to be taken, especially in maybe first steps or baby steps or when we're stumbling stepping, Needed to know that there's, hey, a lot of people have done this and are still doing this. And I may be like starting out or I may be stumbling, but if I just stay with it, I, it's going to stick and it's going to matter and it's going to actually, and, and, and I'm going to be in. I remember having a thought when I first got saved and I first started like going to this thing called church. A bunch of weird people. And, and I was younger, a lot younger. But I, here, here's something I remember very distinctly about my walk at that point in that time. And I could share this because you guys know I, I just share what's on my heart because I didn't plan on sharing this. Is I distinctly remember thinking, and I feel like this was the Lord and for that moment and that time in my walk and my life. But I distinctly remember thinking, if I just stay close to Glenn, I'll hang on to him as he goes up. I remember thinking that. If I, if I, if I like stick to him, I could hang on when he gets taken. And because and I wasn't sure about my own faith. I wasn't sure. I wasn't like, like, and then as I walked with God and stayed close to him and stayed, you know, and it, it was like God slowly started to establish me in my faith to where I don't, I don't need to hang on to him any longer because I'm walking the walk of faith that God's called me to walk. And it wasn't as though I like he didn't. That's, I'm not saying don't read that wrong. I didn't need him anymore. That's not what I'm saying. Is that he established my footing from the footing of others? Hello? Can anybody testify to that? And that's I think that's something that we we seem to forget about. Like that, there's footing that takes place. There's. It's almost as though um, if you're. And I don't really know anything about rock climbing. But I know that 
there's somewhere someone needs to have blazed a trail. Unless you're one of those trailblazers that suicidal or something. Which, that's okay too. I, it, but somebody needs to have put some, some grips into the rocks to where somebody can, else can grab and climb up. Somebody needs to stake some stakes into those, into those rocks to where I can hook onto and I can continue the move. Hello? And that's a lot of what the, the uh, church life is, is we're, we're following after the footsteps of the many saints who have gone before us. And here's even something more awesome in that, in that very truth, is we're setting footsteps for those behind us. We're keeping the footing going. We're keeping the, the establishment going to where it's all about getting to the goal, the prize, to getting to be with Jesus for eternity. <laughs> that doesn't get any better than that. I mean, I know this, there's stuff of this world and life that's pretty good, you know, kids and family and all that stuff. But man, being in heaven for eternity with him, I'm looking forward to that. Hello? Anybody else? Okay, I, well, I know there's a few of us there. Second solid. It's for the good of others. For the good of others. So I wrote some things down as I made these solids, <laughs> points, reasons. True love is not only manifest in affection and action, but also in allegiance. We do not fully love our brothers and sisters in Christ if we withhold pleading our allegiance to them by covenanting with them in local church life. Love doesn't say, I love these people and don't need to covenant with them. Rather, it says, I love these people enough to covenant with them, to connect, to commit to them. That's what, so it's church life and committed church life is for the good of others too. How many have thought, okay, don't raise your hand. I'll, I'll, I'll be the bad guy. Like, well, you know what? Here, and I'm the pastor, and I'm, I'm this, I can say this, right? I just am not getting anything out of church anymore. All right, yeah, you know what? I, I, I've read the Bible. I've studied the Bible. I don't, really don't need to go to Bible study anymore because I pretty much know what it's talking about. Uh, well, you know what? I, I'm feeling like there's just not really much for me today to bring to, or to, you know, I, I'm feeling like there's just, there's nothing, you know, the pastor's not really feeding me that well anymore, you know, it's like I, I'm kind of, I've reached beyond that place or stage, you know, so it's like, ah, oh, he talks about the same thing every week, you know, it's like, ah, oh, the music's, you know, it's, it's pretty good and stuff, but eh, it's, I'm really not into it this week. I was the bad guy there. No, the reason I'm saying that is because what we're forgetting, what we're forgetting in being individualistic about that is what you bring to the room. What you bring to the room. What you bring when you come in is a 
two or more are gathered in my name, there I am. There's a power. So when you, when you tap out, part of the power source, which is you, is out of the room. And you miss the opportunity to be used by God to help others. Even a smile, a hug, whatever it is that God it puts you in the room, it's you matter. And I need to say that, and I mean that. I don't say that tongue-in-cheek. You matter to other people in this room. Hello? I need you to really believe that, because that's the truth. You actually matter to other people in this room. And when you gather together, you bring something that's good for others. In other words, it's not just about what I get out of it. It's what I can bring to it. I... When, when I, I've seen it happen, and I've seen it happen, and it's really sad to me when I see people buy into that, that ideal of what it brings to me, what it gives to me, what it, how it feeds me, how it helps me. The problem with that is eventually we're going to run out of help for you or food for you because you're missing one of the biggest points is what you bring to the table. Hello? It's like, you know, you, <laughs> I'm not going to highlight anybody or point any fingers at anybody, but you know that, that guy that comes to the potluck with, and never brings food? Don't be that guy. Be the guy that brings something that really everybody wants to eat. Hello? I, I mean, I know that it's uh, simple and it kind of, just really fleshly illustration, but that's what church life is, is bringing something to the room. Amen? Okay, I'll move on. I'll get off that one. I'm, I kind of got gritty there. Sorry about that. The third solid. Is that okay if I say that? Am I creeping anybody out? <laughs> okay. I don't know why I'm giggling every time I say it. I shouldn't. Is for your own good, your own good. So on the flip side of you bringing good, it's for your own good because it is good for you to bring good to others. It is for your own good to have others committed to genuinely caring for you in Christ. And the people who will care for you the best in the long run are those who are willing to commit to their care for you. It's called church. Amen? It's like, and Hunter's not in the room, and they all, all the boys always say, it's like, yeah, you always pick on Carson. It's like, well, I'll pick on Hunter because he's not in the room. Uh, we went camping this last week, and like the first day we were there, I don't know, he got bit by something, or I don't know, he got a little sore on his leg. I think he got bit by a spider or something because it was, by the end of the camping trip, he had this, red spot and it was kind of like swelling up a little bit and looked like it was getting infected well you know he didn't know what to do about it so of course Robin and I mostly Robin I had fun last night though man that thing was gnarly but I think it was a, a pretty a pretty nasty spider because it created a nice little hole in his leg and it's it was it was ooey and gooey and icky and nasty 
and he was freaking out last night. He was creeping out. He was like, he was almost vomiting and passing out, and I'm like having fun, and I'm laughing, and I'm trying to clean it out, and I'm just, I'm just having a blast with it. Like, oh, this is fun. Let me go get some alcohol and pour on that thing. He's like, no! He was screaming like a little girl. Carson was in the shower, so he didn't get to hear it. He would have been laughing his head off. I was like, oh, you missed it, Carson. But the bottom line is this, is he had somebody in the room that was caring for him when he wasn't able to care for himself in this, in something. And that's what church life is also, is, is this, you, it's good for you to have people that care about you. Come on, I need a big hearty amen to that one because we need people that care about us. This world is full of, of, of leeches and parasites and, 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 and identity thieves and, and we need people that want to protect our identity, guard us and, and surround us with loving care to where we'll ward off and fight off the enemy that wants to just destroy us and kill us and devour us. Instead, we need to be in a room and in a place and part of a body, part of a community that we really genuinely care about each other. Amen? And so it's good for you. It's good for you to have somebody that can tend your wound when you can't tend it yourself. Somebody that can help you out in a time of need because you're beyond help. Like, I, you know, I don't know how many in the room have needed financial aid and need because they just were at the end of themselves. And we as a church, we always, always step up. We are, this little church, man, we help so many people, not just in this room, but in our community at large, because that's what church does. Hello? So it's good for you to be a part of it. I'm really encouraging, obviously, your goodness, what's good for you. Um, I'll be honest with you. Not that I would, I don't like that statement. I, I've, I've tried to rephrase it. Let me be straight with you. Although that, yeah, let me do you solid. There you go. Although I, I don't think, okay, normally I'm not lying or normally I wouldn't be crooked. Let, so let me do you a solid. <clears throat> As pastor of this church, I, gosh, I, I don't know how to say this. I, I think I just need to say it. <clears throat> um, I care about you more than I care about your butt in the seat. I need to say that, and I need you to hear that correctly. I care about you, you as a person more than I care and, and, and I'm concerned about your butt in the seat here on a Sunday morning. Now, in saying that, you're saying, well, Eric, didn't you just say that it's like we need to get our butts in the seats here and gather together? Absolutely. But what I'm saying in that is, that's not why I'm presenting this message is so that you make sure you get your butt here on Sunday morning. Hello? It's because I really genuinely care about you because I know what's good for you, each and every one of you. I know what's good for me to be here, to, be, to gather together in Jesus' name. That's what I mean to say. That's what I meant to try to say in a way that was right off the bat a little bit odd. <clears throat> so this... 
this third point, it's 3B actually, if you will, because like I said I had five and this one's a B. Because it's good for you to do this, to honor your spiritual overseer and overseers. See, it is difficult, if not impossible, to respect and esteem your leader, your spiritual leader, and honor them and obey and submit to them without identifying yourself to them and submitting to the structure that allows them as pastors, that allows them and frees them to know and care what's best for you. Do you hear what I just said there? If you don't connect and commit, you basically say, I don't want what you bring as pastor in my life. And I refuse it, I reject it, I won't accept it. I know that's a hard thing to say and it's like it sounds like I'm, I'm not a cult leader. I'm not asking you to commit to me because here's the thing is you need to commit yourself and your lives to Christ because Glenn was the start of this church. He was the founder, Glenn and Linda. He's not here any longer and you still are. You still are because you follow Jesus. I won't be here forever. But I want you to keep following Jesus, not me. Amen? Amen. And that's why it's important for us to understand that there's a, a complexity to that truth that isn't so cut and dry, so black and white, is, is what's good for me is to submit and honor my spiritual leader because it's good for me. It's good for me. That it's good for me as, a, as even as a pastor to honor my spiritual leaders to, and to respect them. It's good for me. Hello? Because here's the bottom line too, and I can say this, and I can say this, be straight with you, a solid, is whether you do or not, I'm going to keep going and keep doing. Because I don't do this for any other reason but to, to uh, obey God. Does that make sense? I, I, I hope I'm not crisscrossing you up a little bit, but I want us to be clear that that's, that's important to understand. And I think that this church makeup and setup is a little bit different than others because that's how we are made up and set up. Hello? Ministry happens here every day, all day of the week, not just Sundays. Ministry happens in this organization, this institution called the Salt Mine, every day, all day of the week. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're not just, it, it doesn't just happen when those doors are open. It happens everywhere in all places. Because we are impacting the community. You're a part of it. Let me move on. That one was a little bit goofy for me to speak on, but I felt like I needed to. I don't even know if that was the right word, goofy. It worked. Four. Fourth solid. <laughs> It's for the good of unbelievers for you to be committed to a church. This is pretty cool. This might make a lot of sense. It might be like common sense, but I need us to hear this. Another, another good reason for joining and committing to a local church is the good of those who are not there yet, not a part of the kingdom of God. Even those who don't know Jesus yet, because that's what the, the goal of the mission of the church is supposed to be about. Because here's the thing is, when we reach out and show, we always reach out and show Christ better as a part of 
as a part of a committed, stable community. By this, Jesus said, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Isn't that really what all are after? Is community, connection, and love? Hello? And the church is the one thing that offers that to a really confused, hurting, and lonely world. Here's a no-brainer. If I'm already lonely without Jesus, and you come to me and say, hey, you need to give your life to Jesus, but don't join a church, because they're evil, they're bad, they're man-made, why would I accept an invitation to be lonely with Jesus? That doesn't make any sense to me. And I guarantee it doesn't make sense to any person out there, other than, oh great, more individualism. I'll sign up for that. And I'll go crash and burn and dive straight down. Do you hear what I'm saying in that? The world is lonely without Jesus. What we present and what we offer is community and love and support. Is that a little scary? Sometimes a little bit because we don't know what that looks like. I was a shy, timid person all throughout school, but, but that wasn't because of the world. It was because of my, I didn't know who I was. So my identity was wrapped up in what people thought about me. Well, and I, I thought people thought weird stuff about me. They probably did. Probably still do. And that's okay. But when I, w- w- when I joined this thing called, it was a little bit, I was a little scared because like there's people there. People are scary. Until you meet these people and it's like, whoa, wow, they, they care about me. They love me. They even want to feed me. They even like being around me. They give me a hug. They don't even know me and they give me a hug. These people are weird, but I like it. So it's for the good of unbelievers to be really connected and committed to community life, body life, church life. Amen? A lone, a lone ranger Christian doesn't make the best witness for, for Christ. In fact, it doesn't make a witness for Christ at all. Rather, someone who is grounded, has a home, and is a part of a solid covenant community of support is best prepared to draw others into the kingdom of God. Amen? Fifth solid, real quick. Well, it's not a real quick one. Actually, I'm almost there. I really only got a half a page of notes left. It's for your own perseverance. This is good. Not that the others weren't, but this is really good. Connecting in commitment covenanting with others holding each other to the faith so that we are less inclined to wander from the faith but here's the beauty of it if one does wander from the faith we know that there is a home base to return to and that home base is the church amen has anyone in the room wandered and is back Amen. Because we know that this is a safe and receiving and loving place to where it almost doesn't matter 
Even what I say as I'm walking out the room and give you a bunch of hand signals and whatever and say, to heck with all of you, it, that doesn't matter because our foundation is in the love of Christ. And you could say anything you want about me as you walk out the room. Call me an idiot. I really won't care because when you come back in the room, I'm going to give you a hug and say, welcome back. Hello? Because that's the beauty of church life. It's even for our own perseverance, our own steadfastness is to say yes. Because that's what Jesus said towards the end of his life. He said, he said it, he said, um, the one who endures to the end, that's who will be saved. The one who endures, those that endure to the end are those who will be saved. We need the church to do it. It's you and me and Jesus. That's where the real power comes from. The power to stick with it is in you and me and Jesus. Hello? Better not forget Jesus. Because that's the ultimate power source. That's where it's all coming from. There's a couple of scriptures, or a, a, a verse in the Bible actually, in Matthew. This is really, really good. And then I'm going to read an excerpt from A.W. Tozer. I keep saying it's really good because I feel like it's getting better. Yes, sir. Did you hear that? Brother George said, it, those who say that they could do it on their own, and I'll, I'll, I'll add to it, are deceiving themselves because solitary confinement is a real punishment. It's a spiritual punishment, it's a soul punishment, and it's a physical punishment. He did 30 days in the hole. I don't think I'd want to do that. I, I'm not, yeah, so, so if you think you're, you could do it on your own, it's, a, it's an absolute deception. And the enemy loves to deceive. That's his ultimate goal, is to deceive you thinking, I don't need them. I could do it on my own. In Matthew chapter 16, starting in verse 16, through 19 in the ESV, it says, Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, say, and they said Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, But who do you say I am? And Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. There's that word. Jesus used the word church before the church existed. I will build my church. He was speaking it. He was prophesying that this, on this truth, on this rock, that he is the Christ. I will build my church. And then he says something super awesome. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth 
shall be loosed in heaven. Did you hear that phrase earlier? You did, didn't you? And that was in regard to what? Two or more gathering together in my name. He's connecting the dots, isn't he, for us? This thing called church has heavenly impact. This thing called what God has ordained and, dis- and actually set into place has eternal power to make an impact. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. My church, the church, is what I will choose to use to transform the world. Amen? Amen. Let me read this from A.W. Tozer and then I'll be done and then we could pray. So, but it'll t- it take me about three or four minutes. I got to put my glasses on because I'm just going to read it straight out of A.W. Tozer. Anybody know who A.W. Tozer is? Pretty cool dude. He, uh, a, a, uh, uh, born near the turn of the uh, 20th century. A preacher who preached, he was, um, I think the reason I, I'm really taken to and I'm A.W. Tozer's saved at the age of 17 and he really wasn't ever schooled. He wasn't ever schooled. In other words, he just fell in love with Jesus and the Bible and preached like nobody else. And it's like in his writings are absolutely awesome. I, I just, I'm really drawn to A.W. Tozer a lot. Uh, This is just like, you know, it's one of these things that somebody got me. It's a collective insights from A.W. Tozer. Living faithful is people, it's about the church. I got a set of, I got got a lot of of his stuff. It's, It's really just called the church. So it's excerpts about his writings from about the church. So this is, this is interesting. Look, listen to this writing in the early 1900s. Let me take a drink of water because... And you say, wow. You're going to say, wow. The highest expression of the will of God in this age is the church, which he, Jesus, purchased with his own blood. And to be scripturally valid, any religious activity must be part of the church. Let it be clearly stated that there can be no service acceptable to God in this age that does not center in the spring out of and, and spring out of the church, whether it's a Bible school, a university, a parachurch ministry, independent groups working at one or another phase of religion need to check themselves and reverently and courageously, for they have no true spiritual significance outside of or a part of the church. According to the scriptures, the church is the habitation of God through the Spirit. And as such is the most important organism beneath the sun. She is not one more good institution along with, along with, uh, well hold on a second, sorry. She is not one more good institution along with the home, the state, the school. She is the most vital of all institutions. The only one that can claim a heavenly origin and a heavenly ending. Oh, that's powerful. The cynic may inquire which church we mean. 
and may remind us that the Christian church is so divided that it is impossible to tell which is the true one, even if such one exists. But we are not too much troubled by the suppressed smile of the doubter. Being inside the church, we are probably as well aware of her faults as any person on the outside could possibly be. And we believe in her nevertheless. Wherever she manifests herself in a world of, of darkness and unbelief, the church is found wherever the Holy Spirit has drawn together a few persons who trust Christ for their salvation, worship God in spirit, and have no dealings with the world and the flesh. The members may by necessity be scattered over the surface of the earth and separated by distance and culture. But in every true member of the church is the homing instinct and the longing of the sheep for the fold and the shepherd. Give a few real Christians half a chance and they will get together and organize and plan regular meetings for prayer and worship. In these meetings, they will hear the scriptures expounded. They will break bread together. They will worship God in spirit and truth. And in one form or another, according to their light, according to their light and try as far as possible to spread the saving gospel to a lost world. Such groups are cells in the body of Christ. And each one is a true church, a real part of the greater church. It is and through these cells that the Spirit does His work on earth. Whoever scorns the local church scorns the body of Christ. The church is still to be reckoned with. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. Amen. Let us pray and let us worship the Lord. Father, we just thank You for Your love for us really above and beyond what we can even expound on, what we can contemplate, what we can try to comprehend your love for us was way before we could choose anything, even, even think about choosing you, you were thinking of us, each and every one of us, to be a part of your body, to be a part, to be to be grafted in, to be adopted by You, accepted by You, loved by You. And we thank You, Jesus, that it's Your blood that You shed on the cross. You purchased us as individuals. You purchased our very souls. And You purchased the body of Christ, your church as a whole. You, Jesus, are the center of it all. And in the, being in the center of it all, we declare, we proclaim that everything we do, we do in Jesus' name for your glory. May your power come in this room, save our very souls, transform our very lives, Set us free from the bondage of sin. May your power move in and amongst us. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Amen.
Amen.